you, Lord. Mm. Lord, we acknowledge you're here. We not only know this in face, but we feel you, we sense you. And so as the psalmist says, come taste and see that the Lord is good. God, our senses know you're here. We are overwhelmed, Lord, by your loving kindness and by your presence today. Because something deep is happening in so many of us. God is healing. He's restoring. He's reassuring. And He's refreshing you. And He wants you to know this. Well, even if you've made a mistake, it's okay. Even if you feel you have failed, it's okay. Today, I want you to know that you are forgiven. And that I keep no record of your wrong. Lord, I just continue to pray for your healing, Lord, Father. Healing for those who have had COVID, Lord, Father, for those whom we've heard in recent times have had cancer, Lord, Father. We remember Greg and his dad, Greg's dad, Lord, Father, who's got melanoma. In Jesus' name, we just pray, Father, just extend your hands to to Greg. Uh, I'm just going to walk over there in case this kind of goes bonkers. Lord, we just pray that in Jesus' name, as he stands in proxy, Lord Father, we send your healing word. As the centurion believes that Jesus, when you send your word, my servant will be healed. Today, we pray that you clear, you clear that lever, Lord Father, of anything, anything. Lord, we pray, Lord, for Josh, uh, Tammy, and and um, Ejong's son, Lord, that you would clear him of cancer too, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Heal him, Father. Heal him completely in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you that, God, your healing virtue flows through them, through him. Through Dennis, who's in South Africa, Lord. Heal him of melanoma in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Anyone else here, Lord, that is in need of healing, we pray, God, that healing will not just be a, a, an idea but it'll be a truth in their lives right now in Jesus' name, Father. Why? Because they know the God they serve, the God that they've worshipped today is a healer. Is a healer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Please, uh, for those of you who are standing, have a seat. Thank you. Welcome, everyone. Hallelujah. I'm on the series of uh, uh, not... 40 days of consecration anymore. We are in what we call seasons of consecration. Amen? Amen. So in seasons of consecration, hallelujah. Isn't it exciting to know that, you know, I'm sorry, I'm realizing that I don't know why sometimes, I mean, computers are good, but they, they fail you. And they fail you at the most important of times. You know, so, so thankfully this morning it did. But 
Praise God, we weren't faced by it. Hallelujah. You, you know, of, often I, I realize you can panic in moments like that. But when sometimes things like this happen often enough, you begin to relax. And I think in life, God takes us through a lot of tests to see whether we're going to be anxious. That's why he wrote that verse. And he told Paul, put that in. Be anxious for nothing but in prayer and supplication. Put your requests to the Lord. Right? So don't, don't, don't be anxious. But just in prayer and supplication, just commit your request to the Lord. Because God is ultimately in control. Hallelujah. So... Today, I want to talk, uh, I'm, I'm going to touch on sacrifice. We've touched on salvation. We've touched on the aspect of self, right? So when the Spirit of the Lord comes, when you're born again, when His Spirit comes in us, what begins to, what begins to happen? And uh, this is, uh, uh, oh, I've got to turn it on. Oh, okay. Can I have it up everywhere? Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, awesome. Fantastic. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we give a hand to all these guys at the back there, please? And, and Samantha, who's seated at the back there. Thank you for coming today and helping us. <laughs> Wonderful. So the process of sacrifice, what is the sacrifice is the is the is is the turning point in this whole series that we are doing. And as I mentioned, the series I thought was going to be six weeks, but uh, it's going to be another. We've already this is our sixth. This is my sixth week on it, right? Uh, this is my sixth week on it. I think I've got probably about another six to eight more weeks to to finish this up. Um, and we know, I, I want to say this again, consecration, it's not something that we finish. So at the end of this period, oh, I'm already consecrated. Right? It's a, it's a journey. Consecration is a journey. And what is consecration? It is unconditional surrender. Folks, we've been doing this six weeks. You must know it by the um, tip of your fingers. You should know it. Hallelujah. You should know it by heart. Amen? My, uh, what should I say, my note-taker and, and, and probably one of the best students around, I think, huh? Hallelujah. She tells me, Pastor Larry, you're speaking my language. When you say uh, imperative, when you use those words, you know, when you say it's aris, passive, imperative, oh, those are all my, that's my language. So she... She loves it, and she gives me some good, good feedback, so I really appreciate that. I hope, I hope many of you are also benefiting from this. Um, it's a very different approach that I've taken over the last six weeks, and I'll continue on this approach uh, just so that we get some really good, some really good meat, right? Not just milk, but real meat that we get. Hallelujah. So, I, I, so please bear with me and take notes as much as you can. Uh, I need to apologize to those whom I said I'll send my notes. I haven't yet. My wife keeps reminding me. So I will do that this week. I'll, give, I'll send you all of the five weeks plus this week, six weeks of notes that, that you will get. And you can, you can, ch you can chew on that. Amen? Glory. Hallelujah. And... Gosh. Okay, now it's... 
flowing. So let's look at our, our key verse. Say that with me. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate, devote abundantly and completely yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Let's say that again. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate, devote, which means devote abundantly and completely yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. God wants to do wonders among you and I. Amen. He really wants to do wonders among. You know, of late, I feel the Lord has really, for, for me, it has, he has really been uh, uh, addressing this aspect. And so I sh I'm sharing with, with, with quite a few different people. Knowledge must transition to truth. So many of us have knowledge, but we don't live in the truth. Hallelujah. And, and we, we need to really begin to allow truth to take a hold, not just have knowledge, because knowledge at the end of the day puffs up, yeah. right? Truth sets us free, for you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Hallelujah. This, this, is, a, uh, this, is, an awesome, this is an awesome verse, this next verse. It ain't happening. Okay. Um, with, with eyes wide open... In uh, Romans chapter 12, this is one of our pivotal verses here as well in this, in this whole series. With, wise, with eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship, to give Him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to Him and acceptable by Him. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within, so that you may prove. And the reason is that you may prove in what? In practice, again. So you may prove in idea, in knowledge, in practice. So you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good. Come on, say it with me. Is good. Meets all his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Isn't that exciting? That is such a wonderful, wonderful promise. So we have looked at so many different verses, as I mentioned, at least over 30 verses over this, over this period. And you've been given the original words, you've been given the Greek, you've been given these meanings so that it really, really helps you. But today, I'm, we're only going to look at about maybe one or two verses, but we want to drill down on some of these things, right? If you remember, Paul highlights three categories of people in his letter to the Corinthians. What are they, folks? Carnal, spiritual, and natural. That's right, natural. I love seeing you when I ask these questions because it's like deer on headlights. <laughs> Praise God. Say that with me. It is the natural, natural person, the spiritual person, and the, the carnal person. Is this working? Sorry, I did the, the first one I did. Fantastic. Let me try this. Not, now it is? Oh, maybe it's delayed. Come and lay down your burdens that you carry. Because when this clicker works, 
God is here. Hallelujah. The natural person. I'm going between the spiritual and the natural at the moment. The natural is frustrating. The spiritual is saying, be patient. Be patient. Hallelujah. Now let me try. Oh, it's working. So as followers of Christ, we must continually decide. Thanks, guys. We must continually decide to walk in the Spirit by maintaining what? A good relationship with Him. So when we relate, because, you know, I, some, someone asked me, I think last week or, what, or something along those lines, you know, to walk in the Spirit, consistently walk in the, in the Spirit. What happens if I'm exhausted, you know, physically? When you're physically, I think that's a brilliant question. How do you respond when you're physically exhausted? Can you, do you feel you're responding to the Holy Spirit? Imagine you're, you're, you're exhausted and he says, now go and pray for that person over there that's wearing a red dress or that has, you know, this, you know, tattoo all over his arms. Go and pray for him. Not just because he's got tattoos, but just go and pray for him. And you say, oh God, I'm just so tired. I'm so exhausted. I, I, I can't. And then, you know, you see someone that you don't want to see and you hide. And the Lord is, 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 is reminding you, come on, go and say hi to that person. Love that person. And you say, oh Lord, I'm so tired at the moment, Lord. I just want to eat something. Do I really have to go? Oh gosh. You know, and so how... How do, you, how do you and I live consistently in the Spirit? Because we feel that when we live in the Spirit, we feel that we don't have a choice. And because we feel we don't have a choice, we don't want to live in the Spirit. And it is true you don't have a choice. If you want to live in the Spirit. The only choice you and I have is to... What is the four-letter word? Right. Obey, exactly. O-B-E-Y, obey. That's the only choice that we have. But is that easy? No, it's not easy at all. Right? A, a, a few days ago, I had a meeting with some pastors and some business leaders. I was invited in, uh, for a dinner down uh, in, in Manningham. And uh, it's regarding the World Prayer so, uh, Assembly that's going to be happening here in, in Australia. And there, you know, uh, this this lady, uh, this person that I know from Indonesia came over to meet with a, a few, meet with several different pastors, and so as we were there, as we were eating, there were some candidates who were pre-selected for the um, you know for the state state elections that are coming up, and so there was one that had actually come to that had actually oops that had actually come to join us, and when the when the person came to join us, at the end of it. Someone suggested, please pray, and so they prayed, and I was, I'm thinking, now there's a lot of people here all around, and, and all of that, so they're praying, and, and then I had, I, I, I had two words for her, and I was thinking, should I, should I share, will she take it? I mean, I, I understand that she was formerly a, a, a pastor, and is now in the political arena. And so I gave these, I, uh, you know, you're, you're in a position where do, do I, do I not, do I, do I not, shall I just keep quiet and just go mind my own business and just, just move on. You know, but I, I had to practice what I've been preaching. 
right? So I felt, no, I needed to respond to the Spirit. And I said, I, I feel the Lord saying you're an agitator. And, uh, and, and, I, I, and the other word is rustling. So I said, you know, an agitator is someone who's, you know, there to, to begin to, to challenge certain things. And I said, I don't really know you that much. And I began to share a little bit more. And, and then I said, you know, rust, rustling, it's like, you know, something in the, in the bush that's rustling. And, and it's to, to create certain things. And I wanted to say more, but again, because there were too many people there and there were a few other things that I wanted to share, which I didn't. I, I, I didn't do it, then I just gave these two words. And then she responded and she said, wow, that is so spot on. That is, that is a word of knowledge because my pastor calls me an agitator. You know, and I thought, wow, that is so on point. And then when I checked what the meaning of an agitator is, is someone who challenges the status quo within, even, even within the political arena. And I thought, well, I didn't know that, you know. But as I continued to wait on the Lord, He gave more for it. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm recording it to send it to this person so that, because I really, I, I really believe that it is a word that the Lord has given for her. Whether she takes it, it's, it's up, up to her really. You know, and at a point like this, we need to really be supporting the right people to get into the right places. And to really begin to pray for them. Hallelujah. So that, again, the purposes of God that are always good. Because He gives us a hope and a future. He gives this land and this nation a hope and a future. Regardless of what people may be saying or how we see things. Hallelujah. So, mo mo moving on. Um, there, are, there are, obviously, there are these, these three categories that, I, I mentioned to you. And the context that we find here in, in verse 14, communion means close, it means here close association, right? So the grace of the Lord of Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, the koinonia, fellowship, association, close relationship of the Holy Spirit be with. Meaning in the midst of you, as we are communing with the Holy Spirit, His Spirit is in the midst of us. That's how it begins to happen. So when He is with, with us, something awesome and powerful has to happen. God begins to open your eyes, opens our eyes into the realm that is at that point the most important realm to be in. And the, and the, and the word in season, right, that you and I begin to give. And so as we look at this, we find in Galatians chapter 5, 25, I'm just going over some of the passages that I read in the past. In order to have communion with the Holy Spirit, we need to live, meaning presently active. We must be living now, not last week, not even two days ago. Today, right now, this moment that you may be struggling with, oh gosh, new mom, new dad, Insufficient sleep. What do I do? Oh, Pastor Larry is preaching. Great opportunity for me to sleep now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me sleep. Simon, please just take note. And Sabina, please watch. So, do you know, I mean, as parents, I know. I've had young kids. 
And I'm sitting down there and I'm thinking and I'm slowly dozing off and that suddenly you wake up. Folks, these are the real aspects in life. Yeah. And we live in the reality of the world, right? So, and God's not going to come in and, and smash us on the head if something like that happens. He comes alongside lovingly and he begins to give us grace for those moments. So when you are in that space, whatever place of difficulty you find yourself in, that is the greatest opportunity to, exp to experience a dose of grace that you will otherwise never experience. That's why I love the way Bill Johnson put it when his wife passed away. This will be a moment that I will never get. So how I journey through this and how I respond in these moments, the depth that God takes me to, how can a man, after losing his wife, two days later, speaks with that depth? I don't know. I cannot imagine. And then when you hear people criticize a man of God like that, you think, gosh, do you know what he's going through? And how he functions in the grace of God that is there. Because with this message, he has touched the world. Millions of people are watching to see how Bill Johnson travels through this time. And how the Holy Spirit begins to form him. And that's what he's doing to you and I. So when you go through a challenging time, say, thank you, Jesus. That's why James says, count it all joy when you go through diverse trials. Because the testing of our faith brings endurance. And let endurance have its complete work, right? So it says, if we live present active in the Spirit, let us also then walk, meaning present active, and this is the subjunctive aspect, meaning it's subject, it's subject to you and I, to walk in a row, to walk orderly, to direct one's life. It's, you have to, you and I have to direct the way we walk in the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. The question that we must ask ourselves is in becoming, as we become one in the Spirit, what are we going to be characterized by? By being ones that, that respond in the flesh or by ones that have the fruit of the Spirit? When we are one, when we are one, you know. So as we walk in the Spirit, He commands us to do certain things that may help us continue in this trajectory, right? So what are they? What are the four things which I gave you last week? And they are this, the four steps of living in, in the Spirit. It is, one, you walk in the Spirit. You don't grieve. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you, will sh and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And, and don't grieve. It says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the days of redemption. And it says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the Spirit, the most powerful? So before you and I were saved, we lived by ourselves, correct? And then when we were saved, when we received Jesus into our hearts, or what we say Jesus into our hearts, is actually the Holy Spirit that comes into our hearts. 
Because he says it's expedient for me to go so that I can send the Holy Spirit. So when we are born again, the Holy Spirit comes. And then, as I indicated, there comes this wrestling match. Because the Spirit is enmity with, with, the, with, with the flesh, and the flesh is enmity with the Spirit. So there is, this, there is this wrestling match that continues, continues, until you do one very important thing on a consistent basis. Not you, but we do a, an important thing, which is we yield. You know, in, in Australia, the, the sign for yield is stop, you stop. But when you go to the States, there is the sign that says yield. So what does yield mean? It means I will hold back and allow you to go. So I'm yielding. So when we yield to the Holy Spirit, it's saying, okay, I am now going to deny my flesh and allow the Spirit to take over. And so that's a choice that we do every day, every minute. And so when we, when, when we fail, we realize that it is His grace that comes and helps us. But we cannot fail and say, it's okay because we are only human. No! That's a cop-out. And that's what Paul addresses by saying, as you say that you are just mere men. So we've gone through all of that. You, you understand that really well. And the last bit here, it says, and... Do, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So in this context of be filled in the Spirit, that word fill is, it, it, it has the aspect of, of, of passive in there, right? Passive from the standpoint that you cannot... Fill yourself with the Spirit. The Spirit will fill you. So you don't do anything except that you've got to be in the right place for it to be filled. Right? So how do you be in the right place? And it says, following that verse, it says, by speaking to yourselves in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs. Right? In psalms, in hymns, in spiritual songs. Yesterday, as I was just, as I was again preparing for this, the whole time I was just listening to all of the worship songs that I, that we were singing today, just going on replay, 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 and the whole time just listening to it again and again and again and again, just filling myself, filling myself, filling myself, because I was getting very exhausted. Physically, I was getting exhausted, but I needed my spirit to be, to be, to be in a good place. I needed to fill my spirit. So I needed to bring myself into that place. Turn off the TV or whatever, anything else, and just allow myself to be filled and filled and filled and filled. You know, and, and so when we are in that place of being filled and, and the Lord begins to speak to us, we've got to obviously respond, right? You know, yesterday, Anguk and I met a group of South Sudanese uh, young people and some adults from Turalgan regarding the soccer program and mentoring program that we're doing. And, and, and they're now going to come on board with us. And um, they want us to do weekly leadership sessions over Zoom with them, plus run the programs over there. So when you meet, you know, young, lead, young South Sudanese between 15 to 22 that are, uh, I shouldn't say only Sudanese, but when you meet young people who say, can we start next week? I said, no, sorry, can't start next week. I've got to start the following week. You just see the passion there, yeah. right? You, you just get so excited about it. But as we are ordering our meal, right, 
the waiter comes to Ango, uh, comes to all of us and he says, uh, can I get your order for um, starters or, or whatever, right? And, and then we're saying, no, we're waiting for others to come, but what about drinks? And so he explains very nicely and clearly. He says, uh, oh, for drinks, you've got to go to the, to the bar and order it, whatever you want, coffee or this or that, you know? Go over there. We were, we, we were where were we? An- Anstel, is it? Amstel, Amstel or Anstel in Cranbourne. So they, as soon as he finished saying that, then he asks, what, what do you want? And Anguk says, can I have a latte? And he just said, if you want drinks, you go over there. But he turns around and he says, can I have a latte? So then I told the waiter, I said, let me translate to him what you were telling me. And so, so I, so I told him, I'm going to use that analogy tomorrow when I speak because, because that's how God speaks to us. He just comes and he tells us, I want you to go and do something. And then you speak to him again, like as if you haven't even heard what he said. And so when God's giving us instructions and telling us what we can do and where to go, we are not listening. We, maybe we need someone to translate to us. You know, at that point in time, and we're saying, Lord, can you please get me a latte? <laughs> you know, and, and, and our, our walk often can be characterized like that, isn't it? Hallelujah. So, so when the Lord comes and says, what is it that you want? And he tells you, this is what needs to be done. Let's pay attention to his directions. Hallelujah. Amen. So sacrifice, let's look at this. Sacrifice is the turning point of consecration. You know, the questions that we've got to ask, you know, I, I, I feel ourselves is this. Are you, firstly, are you glad? I want to ask you this question. Are you glad that he actually purchased you with a price? You know, some of us were, were really, we were confronted with this. Man, he's actually bought us so we don't belong to ourselves. We cannot make decisions of our own accord. We have to get him. He needs to be the Lord, not just our friend. He needs to be the Lord of our lives. Right? So we get his permission before we do anything. So are you, can you say that you're actually glad that purchased a price? Do you find him trustworthy enough to trust him, church? Don't be very quick to say yes. Ponder on this. Do you... do you find him trustworthy enough to trust him? Because consecration is unconditional surrender. It is being sold out to Christ. It is being sold out to him. Our response, when we go through tests and challenges... And when we pass these tests, we encounter an important aspect that is our response. How do we respond you know, in, our, in, in, in our response? And we look at this next verse here, right in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. It says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from whom? From God. And you are not your own. So we are, not on our, we are not our own. 
For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Right? Let me read that again. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you? Meaning, who is in you? It is the Spirit that is in you, correct? Whom you have from God, not from anyone else, but from God. And you are not your own. We don't belong to ourselves anymore. For you were, the reason is because you were bought at a price. Therefore, and for that purpose, we need to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which are God's, right? So let's see what the original text tells us, right? So, or do you not know that your body, which is soma, which the body as a whole, the physical body is meaning present at this point in time, currently present now, is the temple, meaning the sanctuary. So neos, it is the sanctuary. So our body, the physical body, is the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, whom you have from God, and you are again present at this point in time. You are not your own, not last week, not the week before, but right now, where you're seated, you are not your own. When you leave this place, you are not your own. For you were bought, right? Agorazzo, agorazzo, right? The agora, where I, I shared, explained about the agora. When you, go, when you go to Corinth, you'll see the agora, which is the marketplace, right? So agorazzo, it is aris, present meaning, aris means an event that has taken place, right? Passive meaning, it is not something that you did. It wasn't the price that you paid, but it was a price that he paid, right? So you were bought not because of anything that you and I did. You were bought because he loves you and because he knew that's the only way I can get you out of this mess, so then he says, at a price, therefore, so knowing all of this now, guys, therefore glorify. Again, it is the arrest. It is happened. Active, imperative meaning, it is a command. When you see the word imperative means, hey, it is a command. It's not a choice. So he says, therefore, because I've done this, now, and because I bought you with a price, you now begin to glorify, right? What does glorify mean? It means to magnify, extol, praise, give honor, make glorious, make renowned, make renowned. During worship, did you hear people just shout, whistle, clap, and do all of that? Why? Because they're extolling. They cannot contain God. They are not to say cannot contain God. They cannot contain the excitement towards their God. So when you hear that, what happens to you? Do you say, oh, shut up, will you? Please, I cannot focus. Why is this guy just so noisy? Oh, gosh, let me go somewhere else where it's quiet. Sit beside Greg, maybe. And then Greg now begins to shout, oh, gosh, this church is ridiculous. They're crazy. What is going on here? Let me go to the Baptist. I mean, let me go to the next church over there. Let me go. Let me go. You know, and and so we 
we find, you know, someone told me the other day, uh, it's really noisy in here. There are some people that just sh shout too loud and Couldn't have come at the right time. That is, that, that is a response in the spirit. Hallelujah. So as I began to, sh began to converse with this person, the person was saying, you know, maybe you need to sh share a little bit about kind of toning things down. Or So I said, that's not my role. I said, that's not my role. My role is to encourage people. And then I said, you know, when David uh, came, led the entourage where the presence of God was coming into the city of David, and he took off his uh, kingly garments, and he, with his linen ephod, he began to jump and dance and celebrate. And you know, Michael, his wife, despised him. So I asked this person, I said, what happened to Michael? She was barren. So I said, be careful. That many who say these things could be spiritually barren. Right? So, um, so I said, my role is to put banks when the river flows to encourage that. But let the Spirit of the Lord begin to come. Because the minute when you put a cap on people, they become fearful. So you've got to use wisdom, folks, right? We've got to use wisdom. So if you're here worshipping and you find that someone is too loud over there, come somewhere in the middle. Put some earmuffs if you want to. But let's not deny people from expressing their excitement before the Lord. Because when you get zapped by 220 volts of electricity, you may not know how the other person reacts, Right? You won't know because all of us react differently. As I indicated to you, when my mom got baptized in the Holy Spirit last week, I was saying that she shouted like I've never heard a, my mom shout in her entire life. And she is the most, if you've met her, she's so soft, so quiet, and very embarrassed. Right? So for that to happen, you know it is the Spirit of the Lord that has has brought this about, you know, hallelujah. So we are to discern, not judge. So hear this again. We are to discern what God is doing, not, not judge it, you know, from that standpoint, right? So let's, let's move on. So, you know, so from that particular passage of Scripture, you see this, that we need to magnify, extol, praise, give honor, make glorious, and make renown. For God is in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So in our spirit, it is God's. Hallelujah. Now, I'll give you here two verses that talk about the context of the temple. So in John chapter 2, verse 19, we read this. Or do, sorry. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So if you look further, 
What else is he saying through this? In verse 20, it says, Then the Jews said, It has taken us 46 years to build this temple. And you will raise it up in three days? So what are they looking? So as Paul talks to them about the temple, they are considering their natural aspect. So here we find in John, Jesus says this, but he was speaking of what? Of the temple of his body, not that physical temple, right? The temple of his body. So he's, in other words, he's saying, guys, change your mind. Begin to change your mind. Imagine us all now thinking this way, that we are the temple. We are the house. We are his house. We all. So as we carry his spirit, imagine that, that this is not the temple as such. This is not, right? This building is not the temple. This building can go. And so what if it goes? We are the temple. Hallelujah. We are the temple. And let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. I'll, en I'll end with this verse and then I'll pick, I'll, I'll pick things up in a couple more weeks because as you are aware, next week we have a visiting speaker. So please come. We've got two other churches joining us as well. And folks, if you can join us on Friday night, it's open Friday night. You know, back in uh, this week, Friday night. It's our MFI, it's our church network regional conference, and we are hosting it. So Friday night, we've got a, a session which is free. The daytimes, you've got to register, but it's, it's, it's meant for, uh, for pastors and elders. Um, but at night, it's open to anyone and everyone. So please join us. It's at 7.30. Amen. We'll make sure we send an email out with that information. But um, uh, Johnny's wife, Clara Scroggin, She's just a firehouse lady, very prophetic as well. So please come. Hallelujah. Here it says in Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been what? Built, again, Aris, passive meaning. It has already happened. You were already built. You didn't need to build, but you were built, right? So having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. So our faith has been built on the foundation. The faith that we believe in right now has been built on the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So this is not man's idea, the Bible. This has been founded on Jesus Christ the cornerstone. Hallelujah. Verse 21, in whom the whole building fitted together again. Currently, at this point in time, it's present passive. You are not doing it. So whenever you see passive means it has been done for you. Hallelujah. Grows. Present. So at this point in time, we must grow. There is a growth that is happening. And it will begin to happen to you. You will grow. But how will that happen? It is when we are fitted together. Not when we are in isolation. Not when we are just watching on the stream. And folks, forgive me if you're streaming in 
we love you and continue to stream with us if it's because you're unwell or whatever. But if you are, let me encourage you, come to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come. Come to the house of the Lord. Into the holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place. We are the dwelling place, folks. And what, what, what's the, uh, the word here? It says, can't even pronounce this, katoikaterion, from the word oikata, an inhabitant, or the word oikos, a dwelling place. So an, an inhabitant, this is, this is my dwelling place, uh, a dwelling place for habitation. Right? So we see this into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place for habitation. Of what? Of the Spirit of God. So having been built, as I mentioned, it has happened. Now being fitted, meaning piece by piece. And, and God is building this piece by piece. So the Lord begins to take each of us are that peace, right? And he begins to put it in this, in, in what now becomes the dwelling place for God to come and dwell amongst us. So as he dwells amongst us, you know, there's, a, there's, an, old, uh, there's an old song, I, th I hope it's in this next, um, maybe it's not in this. I, I believe you'll know this song. Oh gosh, this is stuck again. We really need to try and get this fixed, guys. Oh, I don't even know where I'm at. Can we go to the slide that says Sanctuary? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Remember that song? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. A living sanctuary for you. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. 
I'll be a living sanctuary for you. For you, Lord, I'll be a sanctuary for you. We are that dwelling place. Just tell him that right now as we close. Lord, I want to be that dwelling place for you, Lord. That my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that you, you dwell in me, Lord. And together, you dwell in all of us, Lord. Lord, prepare us to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Thank you, Jesus.